what I'm saying, like sometimes when you look back and you you got to go back and you got to see how your parents parents was raised, right? How they raised them. And I'm like, when I went back and really started getting info on like my grandmother and how, you know the situations that happened with my mom and her brothers and. I'm now looking at it from a different lens. I'm not looking at it as like you a, you a, a, a parent anymore. I'm looking at you now like you're just a person. And now you're a person yeah. that I see the cracks and the flaws in. Mm-hmm. Like I think sometimes we don't look at that. We, we expect parents to be like perfect. And it's like, yo, you, you're not supposed to make mistakes. Like you, I remember the first time my father figured I looked at him and I was just like, I don't want to be you. Like, I remember that. I'm like, I'm sitting here and I'm like, dude, I don't want to be, I don't, I, I equate it to um, uh, Batman and Robin. And for those who understand comics, they understand this. It's like, Robin was supposed to be, uh, yeah, I'm going to flip it. So yeah, sorry, following along the analogy. But Robin was supposed to be the next Batman. <laughs> Y'all can laugh. It's all right. <laughs> but the what he had to do and the way he had to go about doing that to become Batman he was like I don't want to be you if that means that I have to be alone if I have to be relentless to this level I can still be A, B, and C but I don't want to be that even though Batman was his father figure right and I think sometimes when we stop and we really give our parents a real honest look through a lens of your person right you got some brokenness in you you got some issues with you you got some things that are wrong with you i got still be able to love you yeah you know what i mean like literally like that's the that's the major thing right there but i know it's hard because when you when you young you get you get some of these impressions on on you from your parents, good and bad. Cause I remember there was times when mom, I'm sitting over like, you smoking and you drinking, and then like she's smoking cigarettes. This is where all the money necessarily is going. Why do I need to give you money? You the adult. Like I'm 14, 15, 16, 17. Why do I gotta give you money? And I'm just pissed because I don't understand. Right? I'm like. I don't understand that you smoking a cigarette is like you having a vacation. You follow with me? Like, you don't have the money to take us anywhere, so this is your little mini vacation. You just get, that's how you download, that's how you breathe, right? So now it's like, yo, as now being a parent and I'm walking in this thing now, I'm like, yo, how do I get my kids to understand that I'm just a man that makes mistakes? I don't have it right all the time. I think just saying that, be, being honest and open up, open enough to be able to be vulnerable with your kids and say, you know what, we all make mistakes, and be willing to act that out and say, I've had to do this many times with my kids. To I've had to tell my kids, you know what, that messed up. I've gotten angry with them and yelled at them and or went off on them because I presumed something about the situation and I've had to go back afterwards and be like you know what I messed up I shouldn't have done this and this is what I did wrong and that doesn't and speak like I'm very conscious now about separating what they do from who they are yeah and being able to go back and say you know what I responded this way because I didn't like this 
But it doesn't mean that I don't. But like it you. don't mean that I don't like you. It don't mean that I don't love you. It don't mean that you are a bad person. It just means that I don't really like. I really didn't like what you did, and I've had and I've and I haven't been perfect with it at all. I, it's like I gotta be really conscious of that, and I, I'm I'm doing a better job of trying to figure out who my kids are. I gotta be very conscious of that with John. Yeah. John wears his John wears his stuff on his sleeve. Like, he wears his emotions on his sleeve. He wears his heart on his sleeve. Like, he internalizes everything. And, um, I, I'm not going to say it as a, as a bad thing. I think, because I think it's really a good thing. But he's a, he's sensitive to what's going on. Like, he he's the kid that'll look at you and be like, it's not what you said, it's how you said it. It made me feel like you mad at me. Yeah, Gabe is like that. My right. son, my middle son, is just like that. And I've right. come he to understand, right. um, and I've come to understand that uh, my oldest colleague is like that. Right? It's And it took me a while to understand that with him. I, I just be like, I think it was my insecurities as a dad, I threw upon him because I was a young parent. I didn't have the blueprint set. I'm figuring this thing out as I go. It's not like me and his mother were in a relationship where it was the consistency being built. So I would see the inconsistencies or I would see the picture or I would see this young flower being developed and it was growing in a direction I didn't necessarily want it to grow in. And now I'm angry at myself, at him, because he's not becoming what I need him to be because I'm not always there. And then I saw that start to change when I had Gabe because when I got married and we had him, I was like, okay, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm there every day. I'm seeing him every day. I got a chance to correct the little small little things, right? And I'm watching him grow. So now I have a better understanding of him as a individual I think that's the most important part when you're there all the time you can catch a hold of who they really are what God has put in them um, who they're supposed to be shaped and fashioned into and you can say no dude that's not you like the day when Gabe came to me and was like I'm from the hood (laughs) and for those who do not know let me give you the background (laughs) let me give you the background my son has never seen the ghetto or the hood, whatever you want to call it. He knows nothing about it. If we drove past it, he wouldn't know. But for me to be able to be there at that moment when that thought came up, I was able to pluck the root up real quick. Like, that's that's not necessarily who you are. I'm not saying it's a bad thing either, but I just want you to understand that's a concept that you trying to grab that's not you. Yeah. Because I remember being in high school and with the kids who had parents that were high class city officials and other things and their identity was I'm this over here. Yeah, trying to create a persona. Right. That's not true. Right. So now you live in a whole life that you was never intended to live mm-hmm. because somebody didn't catch that root, that seed and Man. pluck it out. Yeah. Man. So let's 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 dial it back a little bit. Dial it back a little bit. Um, so, what what was your experience with 
the idea of fatherhood growing up? Man, growing up, I didn't have a concept of it. Because for me, my mom and my dad didn't really get along. I didn't officially meet my father until I found his gravesite. Right? So I would hear times when he would be in town looking for me. People would be like, hey, your dad was just here. He was looking for you. And I'm kind of like, I'm like, dang, you know, I don't really know. So not knowing what you don't have is kind of like I was insulated to a certain degree. I didn't walk around like, oh, man, I'm not, I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't have this. I don't have that. I walked around, it's almost like if you never ate a donut, you don't know. If you never ate a Krispy Kreme donut, <laughs> you don't know what you've missed. <laughs> what does that red light mean? <laughs> Why is everybody so hyped off the red light? <laughs> There's cars oh, wrapped around the building, Mom. Hilarious. But if you've never had a Krispy Kreme donut, you don't know what you're missing. So I'm growing up. Thinking that, you know, there's something wrong with me because one, I don't have the big, the, the greatest target skills in the bathroom, and I have all these young ladies <laughs> in the house upset at me, and I'm thinking that there's something wrong with me because they keep telling me there's something wrong with me. Gotcha. They like, man, <laughs> peeing all over the place. What's wrong with you, boy? We're gonna make you sit down. And I'm like, there's something wrong with me. Oh, man. That's crazy. So then I'm now trying to come from digging myself out of a hole. And I'm like, okay, there's something wrong with me. I got to make it right. So not having a father around at that point in time, it was how do I live my life in a way that I make it right? Like make me right. Make myself right. Because there's something wrong with me. Man. That's deep. That's Man, that's deep. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't understand so, where that came from, but it was just that. Yeah. So there's that that internal desire for fatherhood was there. It's just that you knew that you wanted to be something that you haven't seen, so you just you used it as a catalyst. To a degree, yeah. Okay. You know, I think the one of the cool things, and I, and I'm mad they don't do this more often now. Is like having the dads that were really good dads on the television shows. So I grew up watching Cosby. I grew up watching Family Matters. I grew up watching Fresh Prince of Bel Air, where they had, you know, those dad figures that you, if you didn't have a dad, you could be like, I can glean from an Uncle Phil. Yeah. From a Carl Winslow that you know that was on Family Matters. Yeah. yeah. You know, those are the things that when you when we talk about. You know, young people, myself, growing up with no fathers, I was I was latching on to anything positive. I, I, and I know it's different for you because you and your dad grew, I mean, you grew up right there with your dad. Your dad was there 24-7. So how was that for you? Yeah, my so just, I guess, some background for me is that my mom and my dad got together at a very, very young age. I was born when my mom was 16 and my dad was 18 when I was born. And they made a decision <clears throat> a year later to get married. And um, so I did literally grow up with my parents. So my dad 
I've, he's not perfect. I, I don't think anybody is, but my dad has always instilled in us that it was his, he, he loved us and it was his responsibility to be there for us. So like I got to see my dad grow and I got to see my dad in different situations. I got to see my dad's work ethic. I got to see my dad's spirituality. Uh, I got to see how my dad and my mom interacted. You know, I got to see some of the simple things like, you know, my dad taught me how to work on a car. He taught me how to cut grass. He taught me um, how to do stuff like we we <laughs> we even did weird stuff like we not weird, but he, we uh we built a shed in the back, even though he did most of the work. Um, we we did stuff like that together, you know, and um, so I I I use that as a tool for me to say, you know, there are some things that my dad could have improved on, but there's a lot that I know he did right that I try to I try to follow after. Yeah, and uh, and that's uh, I mean it's it's a it's a it's a blessing to have. Albeit it's you know not not perfect at all, but it was a blessing to have that. Yeah, yeah, because like even as you were sitting there talking about it, like the just the little things, even like teaching them, teaching young people, or teaching, which is me being taught how to use a shovel, like shoveling the snow. Like it wasn't until I became a man and I'm working with other men shoveling snow that I even really learned that. And the way I was doing it, you know, when they started laughing at it, I was just like, you, you, I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a grown man and I don't know how to shovel snow. I don't know necessarily how to cut grass. Mm. Right. Yeah. It wasn't until I became like really like in college and out of college that I was like, OK, I know how to use certain tools. Okay. Right? So, it to me, then, when I'm comparing myself to other men, because that's what we do, right? And I'm looking like, oh, man, Nate knows how to change a, a tire, or change, Nate knows how to do this. He knows how to do this. I had to overcompensate with that. So, now I'm like, all right, let me go and research everything I can about what I need to do with such and such and such. So, I felt like for me to then run with other men, I had to really start downloading information and that really created a persona within me of like if you don't know it you better know it right and that's that was the part where I was like okay all right I mean you all might have a head start but I can catch you if I just lock down and do the work right and then get around people who were willing to give me the information that I needed yeah that's dope that's dope so you you didn't allow. Well, you use you use your circumstance as fuel to always get better. Yeah. To to propel you into a new uh, a new area. Yeah. Now now how how has that affected how you parent and how you father now? It's 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 weird because I still parent from that that mindset of you got to figure it out. I have to teach you. I have to put you in situations where you got to figure it out. Because I'm always, I don't want to make the road easy. I feel like I'm doing it. And my and my my wife said this once. My wife was like, you know what? 
one of the hardest things about being with you is is that you do not let me just be surface level. You make me go down and deal with the stuff I don't want to deal with. And she says, that's not always comfortable at times. So when I'm doing that with my kids, I really put them in uncomfortable situations a lot. And to get them to understand, figure it out. You can do this. If I did it, you can do it. Right. And I try to expose them to as much stuff as I possibly can. Like I'll take them with me places and, uh, you know, eventually one day we'll have them on the podcast. And I think it'd be good. You bring, you know, we bring the kids and and have some real good conversations. Right. Yeah. But, I, you know, everything that I can do, like with my my daughter right now, I'm, I'm helping her try to figure out a business. I didn't get a chance to do that with my oldest two because I had those two while I was in college at 20 years old not married to their mother we didn't really have a great relationship on again off again we were cool not cool right yeah and it did not create the foundation that was needed to help prepare them for like regular life i felt like i was always fighting against her and mm. how i wanted this tree or plant to grow which direction and um I remember somebody saying something to me. They was like, because I would only have them on the weekends. They would say, um, you got to remember, you just got to be consistently dropping drops in the bucket because it's going to get all pulled okay. out, but you got to just keep dropping the consistent. It'll fill up one day at a time. And I've kind of tried to take that and put that in with what's going on with my kids now. I'm just trying to be consistent with them. Hey, I'm going to consistently put you out here. But I'm going to be here with you. Like, it's yeah. so important for me now to just be there with them. I think, like, um, they don't even understand it. And I don't think my wife understands how important it is for me to say, okay, I'm at the race cycle. I'm at the, yeah. the football game. I'm at the practice. I'm there because... You know, that's... It's... I, I didn't mean to cut you no, off, you but it's it, like no matter no matter what the background is, that's still a fight that we have to fight. That's something that I always fight right now is just making sure that I'm still there, active. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I think one of the things I fight now is the uh, the, the all the other distractions that show up that could pull me away, right? Whether it's stress at work. Or uh, needing to have a minute, or or things like that, right? Or work, or any any other things that that pop up that I might want to do. It's easy to, to retreat and and let my kids kind of just do their thing. Yeah. You know, it was it was with with us. Uh, you know, my sons, like all of my kids now, they're at the age where everybody has a device. And it's easy to let them go to the device, right? It's easy to to dismiss them and just me go do my own thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm fighting now to really make time for for those type of things. Yeah. Uh, because I think no matter what background we can, you come from, these are the present things. Whether you had a dad or didn't have a dad, those are the things that you still gotta deal with. Yeah. Because. Um, Having, having a dad or not having a dad is not going to make up for what you got in front of you right now and the responsibility that you have to be able to pour into your kids and to 
uh, shepherd them and uh, provide them example to even, I mean, for, either, for them to even glean from, yeah. you know, whether it's good or bad. So to take time and do things like when Joy wants to play Uno, when I really want to sit down <laughs> <laughs> and not do anything. Amen. <laughs> but you know, it, like even last night, we had a just it was a good moment, oh, like man. just to say, "Hey, she wants to play Uno. Okay, what's going? Let's 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 play." So then it, it turned from just me and her to me, her and her sister to okay, her brother came over. Now we're able to we have a moment of just being together, yeah, and having those memories and and being able to do something, um, and that's that's important to keep in mind. Yeah, like it was it was funny for me, man. Like um, I didn't really understand it until, like, until I really saw my family as my unit, as my team. Like when I when I when I internalized that. that. Explain that. I've seen you. I've seen you post a lot and, and and use it as your mantra. My team. What does that mean to you? Like, there's an ownership that comes with my team. Like. Me and you play basketball and and other sports together, and I know there'll be times when you and I would go out places where we didn't know anyone, but we would be on the same team. And this particular one situation when we was playing ball, and and he was beating people up that were with us, right? We were playing some other guys who were there, and I took it upon myself that personal responsibility of like, no, you ain't gonna bully these cats. I'm coming down there to, to bully you. It was saying, like, they're mine. This is this is mine. Like, this is mine, right? As opposed to, oh, okay, that's my wife's kids. Yeah. Right? Or that's my kids' moms. That's 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 her kids, right? Yeah. It's it's getting to the, when I got to the point within me where I was like, that's somebody else's me. responsibility, right? <laughs> right. So, yeah, getting to that point where you understand like it's nobody else's responsibility. Not to take anything from our spouses or in no way, from shape, or fashion. But stepping up to and this is something I learned is stepping up to take the initiative. Yeah. Right. And not just sitting back and waiting or neglecting to step in. Yeah. When, when things, those those times happen. Yeah. Right. It's almost like going back to, you know, ESPN's The Last Dance. And like that. That showed me so much about ownership of a team, pushing for excellence. Like when Scottie Pippen, uh, who played with the Chicago Bulls and played with Michael Jordan, when he, when they were playing the Knicks, something happened, right? And they were coming after Scottie, but Jordan was like, no, this is my teammate. I take on the responsibility of you are not going to go after mine like this. Yeah. Right? And I will do whatever I need to to let you understand this ain't what you want, right? And for those listeners who don't understand what you want, that is a colloquial phrase that lets you know you do not want to mess with this over here. It's all right, Nate. You can laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But I I think that, and I, and I, I learned that from another man, though. I learned that from watching another man with his family. I, I really did because I didn't understand that, man. Like, yeah, I, that just didn't make a lick of sense to me. That's hilarious. 
you still stuck on the on the phrase, aren't you? Hilarious. That's my dog, though. All day, every day. So, just be so, mindful. Wait a minute. So, but I know we got to be mindful about time, but right, what about ahead. you? How does... You, same question. I don't know. I absolutely forgot what the question was. I was hoping you remembered it. <laughs> Let me okay. Let me pose this question then. All right. When did it finally click that they were your team? For my kids, it was when Joshua was born. Um, Josh is your oldest, right? Josh is my oldest. Okay. So when. I held him and I realized that my responsibility was like for real, for real. Like it, it was like it wasn't a thought, it wasn't a theory, it was this is a young person, this is a life that's in my hands that I not only have to physically provide for, I know I need to feed him. I know I need to make sure he's clothed, I know I need to, you know, make sure he's protected, but I also have the responsibility of making sure that that I know him, that I see him, that I build up the strengths in him, mm-hmm. that I recognize his individuality, and I put him in positions to be successful. Right. Like, and on top of and on top of that, understanding that something that blew my mind is just the the fact that I have the the, the responsibility to be the first one to guide him. And understanding who he is on a grand scheme, on a spiritual grand scheme. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I have that, like, the first things that he's going to be able to hear about who he is in God or who he is as a man or who he is as a person is going to come from me. Yeah. And that it, it that weighed on me a little bit, but I, I, I've, I've enjoyed to walk into this and be able to understand that, man, it's, these, these kids are, are a gift. Yeah, these these are a gift, even when they get on my nerves. Yeah, it, to piggyback off that, I have a stepdaughter, um, and I don't call her my step. She, I call her my daughter because again, she's part of the team. But I really didn't see her until the pandemic, uh-huh. and I, I struggled so much because all I saw. And all I saw was her mother and her. Mm. And I didn't see any of me. I didn't see her, but I didn't see any of me. And I think there may be some young men and some old men out there struggling because they don't see themselves in the kids. And it's hard to take ownership. It's almost like what happens with lions. It's like when a lion enters into a pride a brand new pride, they'll kill off all the baby lines because they're like, you're not a part of who I am, mm-hmm. right? And for a while, it was just so, sh- we had so much struggles back and forth, right? But during the pandemic, when my life slowed down and I was able to stop, look at her, see some things with her, like I got a chance to teach her how to throw a football. Okay. And she would ask me to go out to go and do it. Like, to be there to have lunch with her. I saw some things about her personality, but I couldn't normally see because I was ripping and running, Uh right? And the frustration of, why don't you act like us? Like, 
the three or four of us in the house that act the same, right? I think sometimes that's a hard thing to overlook when you're trying to take ownership of this team, right? When you're really trying to say, look, I, I want to be a part of that. I think there are going to be some men, I struggled with it. Like, yo, you're not me. And I think when we see ourselves and our kids, it helps that process. But it's also being around long enough to see it. Yeah. Because I... I, I think it's too, like... Because... Isn't I, it isn't it too a choice? Like, when, when you make that initial choice, right? Whether it be you have a step a stepchild or or adopted, right? Mm-hmm. You you make this choice to work at it and to enfold them into your life and into your team. Mm-hmm. And and that that I think that makes a difference. Like even though I, I know you you made that choice, right? You Absolutely. made that choice and I know it was as you said it was hard in the beginning. But you're seeing the dividends of it. Yeah, this is like now. yeah, this is like ten years in the game with her, and I'm just now starting to see it. You are correct. There is a part where you fold into it, but just like any leader of any organization, any leader of anything, you want to see yourself replicated in the ones that you lead, right? Jordan, going back to the Last Dance, Jordan wanted his team to have a tough mental, you know, mindset mm-hmm. that he had. So what did he do? He trained them in, in practice the exact same, you know, to, to be able to endure mentally, right? Yeah, and to the point to where all of them reflected him. A lot of times as parents, we are trying to shape our kids to mimic who we are because if we see ourselves in them, there's an acceptance that's there. Because when, and I say that because too many times when I was not like my mother, you're just like your dad. Ah, okay. You're just like your dad. You, you, you know, you, you ain't gonna be like your dad. Okay. So then, because I was not like her, I didn't operate the same way she did. I didn't have the same mindset she did. Like my mother had a mindset where it was like certain things were cool. I wasn't cool with that. That's why I went off to school and was like, I, I don't want this lifestyle. You're cool with it. You've accepted this. I understand that there's more out here for me because of that. And because of that, me pushing, it's the herd mentality. You're not like us. You're different from us. You ain't cool with us. Right. That's, that's interesting. As it is for, for me, I've... And, it's, and this might be just because of the way I view things, I always look for the individual. I I, I view and I and I, I see like when I look at my family as as a dad, I accept that Josh is not gonna act like John. John is not gonna act like Janella Joy. Mm-hmm. And I make an acceptance of those differences and I look at it and say, okay, because you, I, I'm, I'm not, I don't know. I don't, I don't look for a common. You may not look for it, but you do see yourself in each one of those kids. Well, I do. Yeah. And, and it might be different because like I, my kids 
all my kids look like they definitely came from me. Like, there's nothing, there, there's no way you can look at any of my kids and be like, man, that, I don't know, bro. Like, there's my kids, like, you look at my kids and be like, yeah, that's Nate's kids. Right? Bro. So that that might be a that that might be a difference in in, in how I look at it, but um, keep going. But it's uh, I don't know. I, I think it's maybe a little different in, in how I look look at things. All right, I can understand that. Like I think me and me and uh, Zeta, who is um, my stepchild, but and I'm gonna stop from this point forward saying that because I don't even like saying that. Like. It puts a separation that I don't necessarily like doing. So, moving forward, I'm just gonna say my child. So, so for those who are listening, you understand why I'm doing what I'm doing. All right. When me and her finally started getting on the same page, I took her to go see my dad's uh, gravesite. She's actually the first person I've ever taken to the gravesite. Right? Like the first person. So me and her have this moment, right? Um, and she has some really cool questions. Okay. Right? The reason why I'm even saying this is that I ended up seeing a glimmer of, yeah, that was me at that age. Okay. All right. All and right. it sparked something like, I was like, I could empathize now a little bit better. I could sympathize at this, you know, a little bit better. Shout out. I can relate more. Relatability. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. And I think that sometimes comes into play when you're a dad or or mom, right? I know we're talking about dads because it's starting to be Father's Day. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, fathers don't get a chance to really have these types of conversations necessarily. No, we, we don't. I think too many times we... We're either too busy doing what we think is, is is correct, whether it may be or not, or we just don't we we don't value the 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 time of um, unpacking things. We we don't we we don't see the we don't see the need to rehash the whys. Why do you say that? Why? Did, what? What keeps us in that that state of where we don't see that? Sometimes, sometimes it's hard. Like sometimes it's it's hard to go back, or it's hard to think about why am I like this, or why do I feel this way. It's hard to be able to, to stop and take a breath because you're always pushing to go forward. Yeah. Right. You're always pushing to either prove yourself. Or prove against something somebody said, or prove, um, you know, your worth, or whatever, yeah. or, or doing, or just doing your job. Right, right. I got a good story with that. I don't, I don't want to cut you off, but I want to say the story. So you remember there was a point in time when me and Lisa, we lived in Louisville, but I, I worked in Cincinnati, and for those who don't know, that's about an hour and thirty minute drive every day. So what I would do is I would drive from Louisville, Kentucky on a Monday morning at 4 or 5 in the morning, get to Cincinnati, go straight to work, stay in Cincinnati for the week and drive home on the weekends. Mm-hmm. And that during that time period, we had just had our youngest, Griff. And I remember when we finally got everybody, well, I went through this process for a year, 
going back and forth for a year. So as soon as I would come home, I'm automatic super dad. Like I got to take the kids from her because she's had them all week. Um, deal with, you know, how kids were operating in school, how kids were operating without me because I saw a change in my son. Yeah. I saw a change in my daughter, right? Um, there was even a small change in my wife because she was operating this whole system without me in there. Now, mm-hmm. we're doing this for a whole year. We're going back and forth. And to your point, I just want to hurry up and get there. We get moved back into the same house in Cincinnati a year later. I'm watching This Is Us. And go ahead and say it. Everybody, I don't care. I was watching it. I'm a grown man. I was watching This Is Us. I ain't got no problem saying it because that show is the bomb. Let's say it and be real. It's good. It's good. Yeah. No, don't try to act like it's the bomb for you too. You got hyped too when I mentioned it. So, moving forward. (laughs) I'm sitting there and they come to the scene where the father was like, he had mentioned something about listening to the kid's breath. Like those moments, the father on the show was dying and he was like, the moments that I really try to capture are, you know, the little moments, the moments where I hear my kid breathe. I had not been dealing with the emotions of not being there. So all I did was I compartmentalized, I can't even say the word. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, I put them in the small drawers. Where's the the heart? (laughs) It's okay. Right. It's midnight. Griff is in the bed with me and my wife and I just turned the TV off and I listened to him breathe and man cried like a baby daddy even now when I'm thinking about it man like to hear the small little wheeze in his his breath after going through this for a year not being able to cry not being able to say it's too much, not being able to tell anybody, I don't know how much longer I can do this, not being able, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with everything of making sure I'm doing the right thing for my family. I got to be there for my son who's now acting up. I got to be here for my wife emotionally, financially, the whole nine. I got to be here. I'm, I'm this, that. I still got my job duties that I have to do. All this stuff was weighing on me, and I not at one given point in time did I ever stop to be able to say, all right, G, what's wrong and what's going on with you? Yeah. It wasn't until the mission was over with, everybody was safe, everybody was in the same house, that I was able to take the stuff out the drawers and be able to say, man, this was hard. Man, I don't know how I did this. God, thank you for this. God, thank you for that. Thank you that they're safe. Thank you that nothing happened to me along the highway. And I think we as men have to start doing more checking up on other men. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or be honest with yourself and be like, hey, I need... Say uncle. (laughs) (laughs) Tap out! Tap out! (laughs) And and understand it's okay. You know, understand it's okay to say... Nope. Too much. Yeah. Or Or say, hey, I'm not doing well. And, and have somebody that you can trust that can that you can go say that to. Right. And that's one thing I've... Uh, to be able to have you as a friend, to have my father, that's been vital. To be able to be like, hey, this this is... Not even to have to, not even to, be able to, not even to, have to say it, right? Not even you have just to come it, into the room, just they be look like, at you. Just have a, have a conversation and be like... 
Be like, hey, I just need to talk. <laughs> not and, and not a, like not even like even if you don't even get to that hashing out everything. Yes. But just having somebody there just to be like, whew. Yeah, my, my to breathe with you or, or to to have a have a, a beverage. Yes. To <laughs> to just relax for a minute. Yo, shout outs to Pop King for all the times I came over to the house. You didn't say one word. I didn't say one word. We just turned on the TV. And you knew, you knew, shout outs to uh, Pastor Perry for that, because you knew I didn't say nothing and I didn't know how to say anything. I think for me, me admitting that the load was too heavy was me admitting that I couldn't be a man. And if I didn't admit that, I could still be a man, right? And they never made me have to admit it. It was just one of those things where it was like, because I'm so in tune with the people on my team, this is coming from their perspective, I can just tell that something's wrong with you. Yeah. And now I'm, you ain't even got to say nothing. You know what I mean? A real dad, you ain't got to say nothing. You just look at your kid and be like, I yeah. know you're sick. You, I know when you're sick and I know when you're not sick. Go on upstairs. <laughs> Go on upstairs. Lay on back down. All right. So let's 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 do this. To the fathers out there, what can you say to encourage them? Man, keeping it above. You may not get it right all the time. You may not be able to provide everything that you want. You may not be doing the greatest of job you're just doing what you know you are still important to your family you are still important despite what the world may say despite what the media may say like you matter <laughs> you are the difference maker honestly you are the real difference maker I, I understand when people say hey I'm mom and dad, I get that, but you are a difference maker. There, the world changes when you are there. The atmosphere in the house changes when you are there. You matter. Yeah. And I, I would just add that your love is needed. And no matter what that looks like, like your love is needed. Like for some for some guys, it, it it might feel strange. It might feel weird. But your love is needed. Your words are needed. Mm-hmm. Your um, a hug and embrace is needed. Not not just not just for your daughters, but for your sons too. Yeah. Um, that that is probably one of the, the biggest things that I, I could. I could take away from my dad is to hear him say, I love you. And you got hyped on that and to hear him say, <laughs> no, as to, to, as a grown man, to be able to hear my dad say, I'm proud of you. Does the world man does does the world man like that, that that does the world to me. So fathers, if if you're out there and you have the opportunity, be able to express that you love your children, be able to express and find something that you're proud of them and let them know that um, you have no idea what weight that that will carry yeah. and uh and be able to accept and receive it 
for yourself. And then also, let me say this to those kids whose dads may not be in your life. There's nothing wrong with you. There's absolutely nothing wrong with you. This is just the pathway that you may have to rock and you may have to walk out. There is nothing wrong with you. Um, if you if you can try to find a way to look at these um, look at your parents, look at your father in a way of understanding like he's broken just like the rest of us and then understand how to give grace if you can right Yeah. Um, but just understanding that piece like everybody's broken, everybody doesn't have this thing together right, right? Yeah. I think that's one of the pieces we also got to make sure that we talk about too